being on the other side of someone else's vulnerability is really a sacred trust. And so when someone is, you know, even if they didn't do it right, or maybe they overshared, being a person that is actually able to be trusted with somebody else's vulnerability, I think it's the greatest gift that we can bring to a friendship. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Do you ever feel like you're surrounded by people but still feel lonely? In this episode, I've got three incredible women with me here to talk about the epidemic of loneliness, the value of community, and how we can be intentional to pursue the right relationships in our life. You may know one of my guests, Chandra Rebenecker, because she was a news anchor here in South Florida and a reporter for WPTV News on Channel 5 for 29 years. She's like a local celebrity. I'm so excited to have her here. She's also on the board of trustees for Palm Beach Atlantic University. Nicole Mascheri is also here. She is one of the 9% of female Chick-fil-A owner-operators in the world. She is amazing. And Nicole and Chandra teach leadership in partnership with LifeShape all around the world to open doors for marketplace professionals and to serve people in need and alleviate risks for vulnerable children. I love the work that they're doing, and I can't wait for you to hear from them. And one of our own amazing staff pastors, Lisa Duval, is here, and she is no stranger to the podcast. You don't want to miss the wisdom that these ladies share about how to fight for the right relationships and flourish. So let's dive in together. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And I am so excited to have three incredible leaders in the studio today. And all three of these women are leading at such a high level in our church, in the community, and really in their workplaces, in their sphere of influence. So as we have this conversation today, I would love for you ladies to introduce yourselves. And since this whole season is about deepening our connection in relationships. I would love for you to share something about yourselves that that maybe nobody else would know unless they'd been a friend of yours for a really long time. So I'm going to start with you, Nicole. Why don't you start us off? Yeah. Hello. My name is Nicole Macheri. And uh, for work, I am a Chick-fil-A operator. I own and operate the Chick-fil-A in Lake Worth, Florida. I've been with Chick-fil-A now for 21 years and in the service industry for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. At Christ Fellowship, I have served on Kingdom Builders. I've led and joined a lot of groups. And right now, I have kind of a passion project around focused on teaching our next generation leadership and teaching them principles mm-hmm. around that leadership. And then finally, a fun fact about me that I like to tell some people is that there's approximately 2,000 Chick-fil-A owner-operators throughout the chain of Chick-fil-A. And of that 2,000, only 9% of them are females. And so we are a very small knit group of individuals that love to do life together. So thanks for having me today. I love that. And Mm -hmm. what people may not know is you actually lead an annual female leader retreat for Chick-fil-A, right? Yes, I definitely helped lead an annual female operator group retreat. And um, we get together once a year to do life together Mm -hmm. to enjoy each other's conversations. That's amazing. Chandra, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world. Okay. um, I'm Chandra Rabinecker. And some may remember me as Chandra Bill when I was doing television news, local television news. But more importantly, I have been 
attending Christ Fellowship for 28 years. So I started on the South Campus back when Pastor Julie and Pastor Todd were leading worship, and there were about 1,200 people, and we moved over to the big church across the street, and it was such a big <laughs> deal. And and just to see what God has done in that time period has been just you know, a privilege. When I left TV News about 12 years ago, I did get to work at Christ Fellowship for a couple of years in communications and creative services. We started the television program, and boy, it looks a lot different today. It is pretty (laughs) amazing. You know, when people ask me what I do, I get to say anything I want because I'm retired, Um, technically retired, but that doesn't mean I'm just sitting around eating bonbons and watching TV, which (laughs) I don't. For the last 20 years, I've been on the board of trustees for Palm Beach Atlantic University, and let's see what else. I've been helping my husband with leadership and coaching our team members at Chick-fil-A, which is how I know Nicole as well. In fact, Nicole and I just got back from a missions trip to South Africa, where she got to demonstrate some of her leadership skills and really wow the the folks there during some workshops. It was really fun to be able to do that with her. So I get to do that with Life Shape, which is the philanthropic kind of division of Chick-fil-A. And let's see. So for 30 years in TV, I wore suits, and I got to go to these glamorous charity fundraisers. And and basically, I kind of looked like a sophisticated working woman. Now, what people don't know is I am basically a country Southern girl at heart. I can, I can bake cornbread and biscuits. I can make greens. And it's because my formative years were in Augusta, Georgia, where my dad retired from the military. So I prefer jeans and hiking, and I just learned to fly fish. So I love being in nature because, you know, when I think of the scripture, the skies proclaim the glory of the Lord. Yeah. You know, so every time I'm in nature, I just, mm-hmm. I just sit and think about him. I love that. And I've known you for 28 years, and I did not know that about you. So (laughs) cornbread needs to be coming to our doorstep pretty quick. You know, so that's amazing. I didn't know you were my Southern sister. I'm Lisa. Yes. And I'm from the South, from Arkansas. That isn't my fun fact, but... We may need to get together and um, cook some Southern food and feel all cozy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I'm Lisa, and I've been at Christ Fellowship for 27 years. So you beat me by a year here. Love serving and building church in all different kinds of ways. And I would say my fun fact is, this is going to be new for everyone, Okay, is I've lived in seven states, but two states twice. So left and went back, left and went back into so. Uh, and my mom, my parents aren't in the military. My mom just moved around a lot. So, <laughs> and you moved. Florida is one of those states, right? Because yes. you were here, then you moved away, and then you yeah. came back. That's right. Ohio is the second state that I moved. In. That's that right. I will never go back. Anyone's from Ohio? I'm sorry, I'm never going back. <laughs> it's too cold. I, w- I won't let you go back. So no, I'm no, so no, glad I'm you Florida came back. That is very yeah. cold. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, as you all know, this season, this whole season, is about deeply connecting in relationships, building intentional relationships that build into our own purpose, but also build into the kingdom of God. And we said it in the last podcast, but one of the things that we like to say is that some of the greatest relationships are found when we're serving in trenches, not just sitting on benches. And for each one of you, I'm so grateful for the relationship that we have because of serving in the trenches together and also the relationships that I know that you have had in serving serving the church, serving the community. So I'm excited about this conversation. And, you know, we live in this culture where we are actually probably more digitally connected than ever before. When you think about the the impact of social media, the constant barrage of 
texting, you know, social engagements, our social calendar. We are socially connected mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, and yet we live in a culture that we are actually the most relationally disconnected mm. ever. Yeah. Right. People report that they're they don't have as many close friends as people had twenty years ago. And because of everything else that is going on in our lives, it's really a challenge to be able to form deep connections, even though we all know what the Word of God says about the value um, of being in deep relationships, that we serve a God that is a relational God and, and places such high value. But we, we find that some of the there's so many obstacles to getting there. And I would just love for you guys to maybe just share just a minute, because each one of you have very busy lives. Like I said earlier, you're crushing it in the workplace. You have a lot of obligations. But I would love for you to share a little bit about how you define and understand biblical community and what that looks like in your lives? Well, for me, biblical community starts with a personal relationship with Jesus, of course. And then I think it's organic after that because then it extends to your family and your friends and your work associates and people like that. Then you go out into the community, and every aspect of your life is part of your biblical community. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's your hairdresser or it's you know your fellow motorist on I ninety five, or when I'm out to dinner, it's you know simply because we're all ambassadors for Christ. Right. It is organic, but I think it's also it needs to be intentional. It really does. Um, a few years ago, I was challenged to be more active about developing strong biblical relationships, and that's where I learned to develop what I call my life team, and they are a core group of spiritually mature women who share my desire to grow, and they're people I can be vulnerable with and honest. They can give me advice or they can give me criticism in love, and and, and it's a mutual kind of thing. But most of all, they're available. And But part of it is you have to pursue that kind of relationship. Right. You can float along life all you want and and maybe meet some good people. But if you are intentional about seeking out very strong, wise people who are grounded in the Bible, then your life is going to change just dramatically. You know, and the goal being, of course, you know, Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. I learned some of this because I got involved with an organization called the Townsend Institute. And some of you may have heard about John Townsend and Henry Cloud. They've, you know, authors, psychologists, leadership gurus. And something that John taught me was that we need to be spending 80% of our time with our top tier of people, kind of our life team people. But I love how he kind of gives everybody this hierarchy. He says at the very top are people that are professionals, like your therapist and, and, you know, let's say your physical fitness coach or someone like that. The next tier is your life team. Those Mm. are those people you want to spend most of your time with. The one down below that are people that maybe you spend a great deal of time with your colleagues, your family, you like them, you like spending time with them, but they're not really intentionally helping you grow and you enjoy their company. But I have to laugh because the bottom two tiers are those that you are required to have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be your boss or you know somebody like that. And the very bottom are the toxic ones that you want to try to avoid. But <laughs> I mean, his point was, you know, if you spend 80% of your time with your life team, with people who encourage you and, and help you grow and hold you accountable, 
then that's going to transform your life. And, you know, wow. time is so precious. So, you know, we need to be intentional about it. That's so good. That that talks yeah. about, speaks to that intentionality. I love, you know, that some of these relationships are organic, that, that you find them in the places that you already are. Like you found so many of those people mm-hmm. in a community of believers. And so it was organic in one way, mm-hmm. but it didn't just happen. You had to be intentional about the growth in those relationships and and being intentional about spending the most time in the most important places. This is what Jesus did, right? Mm-hmm. He had his, you know, he had the crowd, but then he had the 120 that followed him around, and then he had the 12, but then he had the three mm-hmm. that he spent about 80% of his time with. And so this is actually a really great biblical principle. So that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, I love the verse, First Peter 2, 9 and 10. It says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And it jumps down. It says, once you were not a people, mm. but now you are a people. Wow. And so when you think about what you said about Chandra, about being a believer and receiving Christ, we are actually grafted into this mm. beautiful body of believers that provide such layers um, and dimension to our spiritual lives. I know I have appreciated over the years diversity in age mm-hmm. of people yeah. that I'm around. I love mm-hmm. that we have different cultures that come together. I say I'm going to be Latin when I go to heaven, and I'm going to speak <laughs> Spanish, and it's going to have a, I love a Portu- maybe Portuguese, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I just love the Latin culture, and I have been exposed to such beautiful cultures um, in the body of Christ that has helped expand my mm-hmm. thinking and has that's just been fantastic. And then life experience. People who have different life experience have that layer um, of God's people, this beautiful, his beautiful bride that allows us the opportunity to rub shoulders with people who stretch us in faith. And I know that that depth for me has brought about accountability. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the in leadership roles, whether I was employed or I was serving, some of those tensions brought, brought about growth for me mm-hmm. because it was a people that loved me and helped me shape the mm-hmm. person that I am. Also, obviously, there's truth that's spoken and God's truth, God's word that's reiterated and is unpacked in my life because of the people I'm around. God's people, a chosen mm-hmm. people, a mm-hmm. royal priesthood, right. and they're my people. Right. They're our people. And then I think, most of all, I receive such encouragement. And like, and when times are hard or life is hard, I don't know what I would do mm-hmm. without God's people in my mm-hmm. life. And the layers upon layers, like we're in church and we're rubbing shoulders in small groups or serving together. It just provides such richness mm-hmm. um, and encouragement in our lives, even in a conversation. Yeah. You know, we always talk about the people who are greeting at the door, that they're the first smile sometimes mm-hmm. people see, and that that is maybe the first smile someone has had all week long. Mm-hmm. Encouragement. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 Right. right. And so, some of any time that I can with other females and con- when I just touch their shoulder, mm-hmm. sometimes that's the only touch someone has had. Mm-hmm. And it's encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so I love that what I've received, but I also love what I can give because I'm a a part of a chosen people. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And when you when you put yourself in places where, you know, where you're gonna get that encouragement, Mm -hmm. where you're gonna get that accountability, even if you don't have those relationships yet, 
you're putting yourself in a position where you are going to organically find some people that you can mm-hmm. begin to be intentional about yeah. building relationships. You increase with. the odds. You increase the odds. <laughs> totally. The, the pond is stocked, right? So That's you right. get a stocked yeah. pond. But but also, Lisa, I, I think you will be, you know, Latin in heaven because you make amazing salsa, right? I know. I, I really, I really think I was born in the wrong culture. You, but you will yes, be in heaven. We're I will all be. be together. And I'll so be bringing my salsa you're, there. You need it's going to be. Salsa. Well, salsa dancing, although I may be salsa dancing oh, there. I know mm-hmm. Pastor Curris is going to be hip-hopping. Hip-hopping, so you've got, yeah. I'll yeah. be bringing the salsa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. amazing. Nicole, what about you? What's this look like in your... Yeah, I think when I think of biblical community, I think of something that I've heard you say before, Julie, is who are you on mission with and mm-hmm. who are you on mission for? And when I think about that and what it translates to me is love God mm-hmm. and love people. Yeah, And we have to be intentional about that. And when I think about loving God, I have to focus on knowing God and growing my relationship with God Mm -hmm. and with Him. And then knowing God helps me know that God loves people, so I have to love people also. And when I think about being intentional in biblical community and loving people, I think about the right people that I need in my life. Pastor Todd has also said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So like Chandra and Lisa— I want an army of God-fearing and God-loving people to come around me. I want them to help me grow mentally and spiritually, but I really want them to help me learn also how to grow financially mm-hmm. and physically and emotionally and in my leadership journey. And then finally, when I think of two ways that come to mind at the church, I think of one, the people we meet. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with those spiritual mentors and leaders that help guide you towards living that life that's more like Jesus. And second, that I think is actionable, is I think groups. Mm-hmm. Grouping up mm-hmm. in a different subset of people and asking them just to hold you accountable for things that you say you're going to do. And they can help you get better in life and grow with your relationship with Jesus. And they can also tell you when things may not be heading the right direction yeah. also. And then finally, I'll leave it with a staggering statistic that I just recently heard was two out of three people are lonely in this world right now. Mm. And 70% of business leaders say they are lonely also. Mm. We need Mm. people. Yeah. Yeah. More importantly, we need the right people in our life. We need the right people to help us grow in the right direction and lead us in that direction every day. We need to surround ourselves with that army of friends that's going to come beside us and help us get better whenever we want to choose to lead for. Wow. I love that. You know, there is an an epidemic of loneliness like we've never seen before. But I I just want to say, because I think some of our listeners out there, they could, they might be a little bit confused right now. Like this is all you ladies do, like is do the church thing, groups and come to church. But but both Lisa and I are actually on, you know, on our team here at Christ Fellowship and we lead very busy lives. But the two of you, that church is a priority, but this is by no means the only thing that you do. I mean, you, Nicole, are running a, a franchise of Chick-fil-A, which is very all-encompassing. And Chandra, you are on the board of Palm Beach Atlantic. You are leading and traveling to be able to represent you know, the life shape and, and leadership, teaching leadership. I mean, you guys are very, very busy women. And I just think it's amazing that you have made community with other believers such a priority. Mm-hmm. And so I think you almost have to, mm-hmm. because if you don't, you can just wear yourself out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you need that refreshment mm-hmm. of being around people who can um, encourage and grow you and help you renew 
Yeah. And, and you guys know that because you work in a church environment, and <laughs> I know how hard you work, and you have that within your church community. And if you don't have that in a church community, you have to find it, as Nicole said, mm-hmm. you know, in wherever your area of influence is. Right, right. And, you know, you said it, Lisa, that, that this is a place of encouragement, right? Mm-hmm. And each one of us, and especially if you're working in many times secular environments, right? You're not mm-hmm. working in the church. You're working that you are actually spending courage every day. You are you are spending courage. You are you are mm-hmm. giving out so much, right? You're you're concerned. You want to make sure that your place of work is also a place where you're that you're a witness. Mm-hmm. You're wanting to make sure that you know right. that that you're li- uh, conducting your business and your lives according to God's word. You are on mission every single day, mm-hmm. and you're spending time. So you need encouragement. You needed. You need to be invested in and poured into. And I'm so grateful that that you guys are just such great examples of this. But you know, you we all are leading very busy lives, and. We know the value of community and what it does for each of us, but it's so hard sometimes to be able to find that community because there are so many things fighting against it. There's so mm-hmm. many obstacles in the way of us of us finding that. So what are what do you think that some of the challenges or obstacles are that keep us from engaging in really life-giving community? Yeah, I think that, first of all, community is really hard no matter who the person is. And the reason why and the biggest obstacle, I think, why community is hard is because it just takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. We have to be intentional about, like I said prior, finding those right people. And I always say that there was only one perfect person that walked this earth, and his name was Jesus. And so none of us are Jesus. And so we have to be quick to forgive, Mm -hmm. and we have to trust that people's intentions are right about Mm -hmm. us. And what they say are saying are true. Another obstacle is that people are just busy. Mm-hmm. And I think our cell phone is one of the most contributing factors of why we fail to create those meaningful yeah. relationships. The cell phone has made, made it easier to make commitments quicker, and people are expecting quicker responses. Yeah. Um, people are busy. They have a hard time slowing down and listening to others to build those relationships. The phone makes it so... We are just always on. We don't have enough white space to disconnect. So we have to make time to take the white space to disconnect from relationships and set boundaries and let the right people in on our relationships and creating that intentional community around us. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. That makes so much sense to me because have you ever been with someone who actually minds their um, phone when they're with you. Like they set it Mm -hmm. down and they're not actually looking at their phone. It's buzzing. They're not responding to their phone. And you feel so important because they're here. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And the only bad thing about it is if one of those people are your friends and they're with someone and you're (laughs) texting them, they don't answer the phone. (laughs) They don't answer the phone because they're with someone else and they're being present. And so like... I love this unless I need them. <laughs> and in that case, they're being present with whoever they're with. But it is, it's it's hard to mm-hmm. set that aside. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so valuable. Yeah, it, and it is and it is important 
to, to make mm-hmm. the white space because that's where creativity happens. Yep. That's where, you know, intentional, deeper conversations can happen because you you have the both. Like, Lisa, you said that you, you've had the friend that didn't answer the phone, but the one that has the watch on, you know, the, <laughs> the watch that they keep tapping. And I'm Talking going, to, yeah. I didn't know for a long time <laughs> that was actually their phone. So I was oh. like, what in the world could be so important <laughs> that they keep checking the time on? But but this is, it's so important mm-hmm. and it, it does speak value, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to the other person. It's so funny because I think that some of us in our generation actually are more challenged in this than some of our younger generation. Like totally our kids- agree have asked us, they've said, hey, can we have a phone-free zone tonight? Like they they are, because they know it. that mm-hmm. a lot of people are reaching out, you know, needing some answers to questions. But when we get with them, when it's time for dinner, mm-hmm. when it's time for, for family night out, it's like the phone goes on airplane mode and it's all about us. But we had to learn that the hard way because yeah. somebody had to ask us. <laughs> I would also say it was kind of ironic that a few years ago, I started taking time to do like quarterly treats and to plan for my business. And I started taking this time a couple days out of a month, and I would think about the next quarter and where it would be. And it was in that time that I was actually able to plan my business better, to be able to connect Mm -hmm. with people better. And I feel like I was intentional about how I was going to love on my employees better and how I was going to develop them better because I took that pause button. And before, I was just like, go, go, go. And when I finally made it to a priority, I started seeing such great results in my life and also in my my business. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. I love that. What about you, Lisa? What are some of the obstacles and challenges? Yeah, I think being vulnerable mm-hmm. and stewarding someone's vulnerability mm-hmm. is a huge challenge. You mentioned at the top of this conversation about social media, being unfriended or people giving comments on mm-hmm. what you post that are very wounding. To mm-hmm. you know, There's some people who want to be vulnerable in social media space, but it does feel a little bit scary to mm-hmm. be vulnerable. And I think sometimes we don't even know how to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable Mm -hmm. to be there, but they're never a weakness. I love that idea. So being vulnerable, I think that people feel like they have to share their emotional sensitivities Mm -hmm. and go to this deep place. And I often say vulnerability without wisdom is reckless. Mm -hmm. And so it causes Mm -hmm. someone not to be able to steward this heaviness. So not knowing how to be vulnerable, but being vulnerable is sharing our hopes and our Mm -hmm. dreams. Mm -hmm. And it's not always this deep, dark places that actually Mm -hmm. allow us to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And when we're sharing at that level, people know how to steward that well. Right, Mm -hmm. right. They know how to steward that. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think there's a a lost art. It's an Mm -hmm. art and a science of being vulnerable and there's a reason why people maybe are a little bit afraid mm-hmm. to be vulnerable mm-hmm. because they're afraid they're going to get unfriended <laughs> or canceled yeah. or someone's going to say something really crazy to them. But I'm going, we. it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it because I love the verse that just in Second Corinthians says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm-hmm. So even when we're vulnerable and we maybe expose a weakness, mm-hmm. we can know that God's grace is sufficient for us. And it's actually connecting us. Mm-hmm. There's power in their strength and yeah. vulnerability in relationship. Mm-hmm. So, so I good. think it's definitely a hurdle that we have to maybe practice the art of yeah. and learn a little bit more about and to be able to connect with one another mm-hmm. better. That's so That's important good. because deeper relationships require that. Yeah. They require vulnerability. And mm-hmm. so, you know, just learning mm-hmm. how to be vulnerable and when to be vulnerable. And and I think you hit something really great, Lisa, is is being on the other side of someone else's vulnerability is really 
a sacred trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so when someone is, you know, even if they didn't do it right or maybe they overshared, mm-hmm. but being on the other side of that, being a person that is actually able to be trusted with somebody else's mm-hmm. vulnerability, mm-hmm. I think it's the greatest gift that mm-hmm. we can bring to a friendship and when and, and, and any relationship really, mm-hmm. that we would be someone that that will be trusted, that we would not, you know, that, that we would not share somebody's vulnerability mm-hmm. with somebody else, that we would not, you know, that, mm-hmm. that we would not criticize their vulnerability, just allow them to be able to share with us and then for us to be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I think that is a, a skill and uh, and just something that all of us need mm-hmm. to grow in. You know, one of the things that I do when someone maybe overshares, it made me mm-hmm. think of this, so they overshare, is that I will say as a reminder to them and to myself is, Julie, thank you for sharing that. That took a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. And so that's a reminder to me that I'm going to walk away from this right. moment and mm-hmm. I'm going to steward that well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if people overshare and you don't know what to say, saying that's the best thing to say mm-hmm. is thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That took a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so not having to have an answer for it, right, right. but not what, you know, because that's mm-hmm. when we get in trouble, then we're like, we can fix this. Or mm-hmm. I love fixing things. So <laughs> I love fixing problems, but just going, yeah. gosh. That was really sweet, and it's mm-hmm. sacred mm-hmm. that you shared that right, with me. Right, and that reminds them this is not going to go for, go go anywhere, and it reminds me mm-hmm. I'm not going to go anywhere with right, this information. So, right. I love that, Chandra. Yeah. What are some obstacles that you've seen? Well, I've been listening and taking notes as we've been going <laughs> along. But that that last thing, um, Lisa. There's a technique called getting in the well with someone. You described it perfectly. If a friend of yours is in the well, it's so easy to to look over the edge and say, hey, you know, what can I do for you? Let me help you and this kind of thing. And sometimes that person just wants you to climb down in the well with them mm-hmm. and just kind of sit with them and listen to them. And that's all they really need. Yeah. And that's what really deepens and strengthens relationships. That's so good. So thank you for bringing that up so I could take notes. I'm thinking about this personally as far as, you know, obstacles to community And one of the biggest ones for me is allowing culture to kind of lead or bleed into my life. Real quick example, you know, I always like to ask people, what are you watching on television? What are you reading? And and, and these will be close friends of mine that, that, you know, I believe are Christians. And then I'll go and watch an episode of whatever they were watching and think, oh, my goodness, maybe that's just not for me. But you have to stop and think, you know. Is, is this God honoring? Is yeah. this something I want in my life? Do I want to spend, you know, I don't binge watching, you know, 12 hours of whatever this is? Is, is that really good for mm-hmm. me, no matter how great the content is? So what I try to do is, you know, establish some boundaries, which is what you were talking about, Nicole. That's so good. And just remember, you know, Proverbs 13, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, mm-hmm. but the companion of fools, you know, will suffer harm. So I, I try to remember that when it comes to community, I need to focus on what's healthy, what's encouraging, what's mm-hmm. growing me, that kind of thing. But it's so easy to just, when you're in conversation with someone, yeah. you know, you're joking about something, and then all of a sudden you catch yourself, oh, am I gossiping? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're you're laughing at something that really isn't that funny. Maybe it's a little bit hurtful. Mm. Or you're pursuing a goal that it's just, you know, do I really need to spend X amount of dollars on the latest designer, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to observe culture, be mm-hmm. a part of it, yes, but you yeah. don't have to dive headlong right, into right, it and right. and forget, you know, who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's important. That's so good. I think it's important to remember that culture, this culture, it's not our home. 
we are we are foreigners, we are aliens, we are of a different kingdom. The culture is not our home, but it's it's not our enemy. This culture right. is also not our enemy. It's our mission field. And a lot of times that, you know, even in our relationships, that that a lot of times instead of criticizing culture, we can actually prophesy over it, right? We can actually be the ones, you know, when you just said that sometimes I get into, you know, was, was should I have laughed at that? Or, you know, was mm-hmm. that actually kind of cross over a little bit? I think sometimes even in those relationships that that we can bring a different spirit, we can yes. bring a different spirit, and that's part of spiritual warfare. You know, when when something is dishonoring, we can bring a different spirit and bring honor, and that actually is you know is is bringing the kingdom of heaven into our relationships, mm-hmm. right? When when some when somebody is gossiping, when we bring you know just just love and truth and light. compassion and kindness and light, you know, that it actually is actually bringing a different spirit into that relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love the idea of us being able to to prophesy instead of criticize, right? That we're yeah. able to, you know, to show up with a different spirit than what we may be experiencing in a group of people or in a culture that we might be working in or in a group in, and we can show up different. And it actually is Without having to say a word, mm. it brings an entirely different spirit and a different tone into yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree. good. Well, thank you so much for joining us for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you can't get enough of Nicole, Chandra, and Lisa, we've got you covered. We've got part two of this incredible conversation coming your way next week. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. 